Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know, I'm always trying to bring on a guest, trying to bring on a player or a coach or somebody just to kind of join me alongside these shows as I'm giving updates so that we have something a little bit more to look forward to outside of just big three news. But a little scheduling conflicts early in the year, which is as expected. People are just as busy at the end of the year as they are at the beginning of the year sometimes. So hopefully we'll get some of those guys that I've been trying to reach out to and talk to uh, on the pod at some point. You know, we just got to get those schedules worked out. A lot of guys playing overseas. but. Nonetheless, happy to be back. A lot to update you on in the new year. We got some exciting news already, and uh, along with, along with some of that, also want to kind of start reviewing the the season that we just had this past summer. Just kind of break it down team by team. Kind of review what the team did ultimately to get to the point, and then kind of preview what to expect from them potentially as some some possibilities that could happen, some different scenarios they could run into uh, before they get into the, you know, this summer into season six. So today we're going to kind of go through some of the news that's been going on within the big three, but also too, we're going to review the playoff teams and then kind of give you an idea of what to expect from some of those teams and some, some routes they could potentially go. But before we get into any of that, I want to make sure if you're a first-time listener or you're a regular on the show, make sure you're following all our socials at 4th Man Pod, 4th Man Pod. A lot of the updates, content, news that you can find will be on the social media side of things like Instagram, Twitter, you know, things like that. You know, a little TikTok here and there. And if you're more of a visual person, want to watch the podcast, you know, sometimes not too, anything too crazy, but when I do have a guest on, sometimes it's nice to see their reaction. YouTube.com slash 4th Man Pod is where you can find the show, the visual side of things. And then, as always, we appreciate everybody from the Believe Network and Dash Radio. You can listen to us on Dash Radio on Monday and Saturdays at 2 p.m. And then just appreciate everyone, I believe, for giving us a platform and an opportunity to, you know, be hosted by them. So let's get into it. A great show. Let's start with the biggest news that has recently come out in the new year. I talked about it a lot last year when Ice Cube had been anointed the CEO, he, you know, appointed himself as CEO after, you know, things didn't necessarily work out with Chris Hannon when they were trying to get everything going following the cancellation of 2020 and already making big strides in the new year. He just announced recently that the big three is about to go back on tour, a full fledged tour for the first time since 2019. Now, if you've been watching the big three for a long time, you know that this is something that the big three was doing. They were traveling from city to city, kind of going like on like a like a tour, like a musician or an artist does, you know, or a comedian does, that the big three was doing that. They were traveling from city to city, showcasing the, the league, the three-on-three style of play, the different parts of America, even going to the Bahamas and, you know, season four for the playoffs. And But it's, you know, in the past, you know, the first couple of years since kind of the, the 2020 canceled season, they were really 
kind of being cautious of where they were going to. So now to not have to just stay in a few cities and stay in kind of just a bubble where the past couple of seasons, you know, season four, it was mostly a lot of games were played in Vegas. Last year, we saw a lot of games in, in, in Dallas for the most part. Saw some games in Chicago, Atlanta, and Tampa as the playoffs and things went on. But for the most part, we were in Dallas. To see the, that the league is about to go from city to city once again is, is really exciting. One, because I think now everybody across the, the nation has an opportunity to see this league. I have a little bit more accessibility to it. But two, I really think that at its peak in 2019, I really consider kind of 2019 the peak years of the Big Three, at least up to this point. The, the most exciting aspect was just being able to to honor guys in different cities that maybe they played in or grew up in and have people be across the nation be able to see this league, you know, not having to necessarily travel to a certain spot here and there. And two, I felt like there was just more rave reviews because people, you know, I, I feel like the strongest sense of marketing really is word of mouth. And so to be able to, I felt like at that time, everyone kind of knew about the league a little bit more. Obviously, Joe Johnson was taking the league by storm. There was the expansion teams that happened. So the league went through from eight to 12. A lot of exciting things that, that were happening within the 2019 year, which you could maybe accredit to why it was so uh, entertaining and had the, maybe the most reviews at that time. But also, too, I just feel like the aspect of being able to travel from city to city uh, really just made everybody aware of what's going on and made people want to tune in on the weekend. So super exciting that they're going to be doing that again. They didn't necessarily announce which city they would be in. For all of the weeks, they did announce that they're going to be in Chicago week one. So it's super exciting. But some things, uh, so I guess let me tell you first about the cities that they're going to. They're going to Charlotte, Chicago, as I aforementioned just a second ago. They're going to Detroit, Miami, D.C., Memphis, New York, and Dallas. A couple of things that obviously stick out on there, going back to cities like Chicago, Detroit, Dallas, I would even include Miami in there that have shown a lot of love to the big three over the few first few seasons, especially when they were visiting there. I know Detroit was somewhere they haven't been in a while, but felt like there was a lot of love there, especially I think when they played there and Chalky Phillips was still playing in the league a little bit. You know, they, they showed a lot of love. They came out and supported their guys. Obviously, Rick Mahorn is another guy, a longtime, you know, bad boy who they supported and a few other guys from the, the Detroit area as well. So good to see some of the new guys that have joined the league getting the chance to go play in Detroit, but also to give those Detroit fans a chance to see the big three again and, and their, you know, in their home state having that opportunity. So really cool that they're continuing to go back to these cities that have just shown a lot of love, obviously makes sense, but too, just, you know, sometimes I feel like with, with anything, you're, you're trying to do something that's going to get you the most attention, the most clout or whatever the case may be. But, and sometimes, that means kind of going and looking at the shiny new toy and not showing uh, maybe as much love to the, the people that were loyal to you from the beginning. So cool to see that the big three is always trying to show that, that loyalty and, you know, be able to go back to those cities time and time again. A couple other interesting things about the cities that they're visiting is that one, D.C. and Memphis will get to go to those cities for the first time. You know, they were supposed to go back there in 2020 before the season was canceled, but D.C.'s from what I've heard, at least what I've heard over the past two years, or I, I would say maybe so, more so at the end of 2019, maybe even after the season came back in 2021, D.C. is somewhere that a lot of people really wanted this league to go. Obviously, a bunch of well-named hoopers coming out of the D.C., the D.M.D. area, um, and just a lot of you know, big-time hoopers in general. 
that are produced out of the DMV area. So to be able to go and play in DC, a lot of guys from the Big Three are from, kind of from that area, so they'll get to put on for their hometowns and you know their their families and friends that they know from there. That'll be really cool. And then Memphis too, you know, obviously the Memphis area has a ton of like culture and, and hoop culture as well. To be able to play for play, you know, in Memphis would be really cool to see. I'm excited to see what that crowd's gonna look like. I feel like too, I think they're playing at FedEx Forum. I could be wrong there, but if they are playing at FedEx and even for people that are listening or watching, if you've been to FedEx, you kind of get like that, I don't know, like a comfortable homey vibe in a sense, because everything is kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Everything is just kind of like a I don't know. Everything's just like closed in a little bit more. You feel like closer to the court, like more apart, like more that you're a part of the experience, or even in the game that you're you're making that difference. I don't know. When I went to Memphis, I remember going to see the Rockets and the Grizzlies play. This was during the time when James Harden and CP3 were playing for the Rockets. Just pre-jaw, just crazy to think about. But I just remember going there and, and kind of just feeling like I was really just intertwined with everything that was going on. Uh, had a pretty decent seat, you know, not for a ton of money. So that's kind of the expectation for me, at least what I'm thinking about how the big three could play out in Memphis. But really cool that they're going to a couple of new cities within there too. And one new city that they're going to, but, or I'm sorry, one whole city that they're going to is actually going to be pretty cool because they're going to a different type of venue and there'll be a different type of experience. So they're going to New York, but they're not going to be playing in necessarily one of the, the arenas over there. So they're going to be playing at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center, a dome that obviously opens up. So it's my my thought and expectation and, and what it really seems like from the outside looking in is that this is going to be an outdoor game. Pretty interesting that they're going to be doing that. I feel like three-on-three, three, when you think about three-on-three, three, a lot of times you think about it being played outdoors. We've seen it in the FIBA and FIBA, where they a lot of times they're playing outside. So that's going to be a really cool experience as well. And just bringing a different type of, of energy and uh, hopefully, a, you know, excited crowd. It's interesting that they're doing this. I, sometimes I'm, I'm wondering if they're doing this from maybe like a, a competing standpoint, you know, like with the turn, you know, the tournament did this last year, the TBT did this last year where they played in Rucker Park. They played like two or three games in the preliminaries outside. And it seems like there's just like, weird rivalry between like the TBT and the big three when in reality both these leagues can coexist but it makes sense right you're fighting for like kind of that that summer hot spot the having the the I should say the summer limelight is maybe a better way to put in so you know I, I think it's a good strategy by the big three not only because of the fact that you're competing in a sense you know you're you're like hey you can put on a show we can do it too uh and Anybody who is interested in those games, maybe now look at the big three. It's like, hey, I want to tune into that one this summer. But also, too, I, I like the idea because it just the big three is always finding ways to be innovative and creative with the, the kind of the experience and show they're putting on is, is how I look at it. Because if you think about it, the big three, what other experience do you get? Like three, maybe more games in a day. You probably get some kind of artist performing, maybe even two. Um, you always have a big time artist in Cube there because he's the co-founder. Like they really try to make this an experience, and you get it for a like you're getting this for a bargain. You're getting to go to three different games, and you're getting some kind of like uh, like show put on for you. And now they're bringing the outdoor playing outdoors element to it. So really, really cool experience 
uh, I think it will be. I hope it turns out well. And something I'm definitely trying to see if I can make my way out there for because I think that is really like another one of those things where it could be the first first time to do some of the big three. And as this league continues to grow, you look back on this and think, wow, I can't. I remember the first time they played outdoors, and now they do this on like the regular, which you know, I don't, I don't know, could be a thing. Maybe down the road, maybe it's just one of those things where it's a one and done. But nonetheless. Really cool, and the biggest thing here is is right, just being back on that tour, where we're gonna be going, they're gonna be going from city to city, and these guys just get to put on. I don't know. I feel like it's more enticing too. Like if I'm a first, if I'm a guy who hasn't played in the big three yet, it's gonna be my first time. The opportunity to be able to travel to different cities each week is kind of just like fun in itself. You know, I'm not sure if everybody's crazy about traveling. You know, a lot of these guys have played overseas, but to be able to travel within you know your your home country and go to these different cities especially if it's a certain player that's maybe played for a lot of nba teams or they played you know in different states because whatever reason like it could just be like a nice little homecoming an opportunity to be to be honored and showcased and also put on put on a show so really looking forward to this it's it's just it's no surprise that with ice cube at the helm he was eager to one eager to get this comeback but two to do it in his you know his first few months as the CEO or, or whatever the case may be. So excited. I mean, I, I'm, I'm stoked for this. I think a lot of guys are going to be stoked for this. I, I felt like at least during the 2021 season, so the fourth season when they were in Vegas a lot, I felt like there was a little bit of a, I don't want to say complacency, but a little bit. Like, you know, like when you go to like one of those cities that you've been wanting to travel to for a long time and you're really excited about the experience. Now, just like imagine doing that like time and time again. I'm not saying that like Vegas is this place where like people only want to go one time or they're always just dying to go. But I do think it's Vegas is one of those places where, you know, you're really looking forward to and, and like saving up money and looking forward to the experience and the opportunity to just have like a really like just go all out type of weekend. And then when you're doing it week in and week out, it just gets like tiring. And it's like, I feel like that's got to weigh on you, especially as a player. So. Uh, you know, that could be the same situation playing in the same city each and every week. It might get tiring, especially if it's not even your hometown. So uh, it's cool to see that these guys will get the chance to travel each and every week and, you know, put on a chance, put on a show for different fans. Wow. I I did just combine shows and fans together and called it sham. So we're going to ignore that. But yeah, that's probably the biggest news that's happened so far in 2023. The other thing I wanted to point to is if you haven't yet, you should definitely change, uh, take a take a chance to look or sit down and watch the new documentary on Mahmoud Abdul Raouf that's on Showtime called Stan. A really good insight into kind of his his situation when he was in in the in the league. Obviously, I think everyone knows this, but a good insight and in, in, in background on like who Mahmoud was, where he came from. Ultimately, it, the big thing being that he was kind of the first one to to sit or or kneel for the national anthem and kind of like what really happened there. You get his perspective from it. And I don't know, just like a really good look into someone that's like could have really been and maybe is considered within like kind of the brotherhood of the NBA, like one of the best players, one of the best point guards to play in the NBA. Like he was incredible, insane. You know, he's de dealing with a neurological disease and Tourette's and still being able to do all this. So it's just a good, it's just a good look into uh, kind of his world, and it gets his perspective. So I'd highly recommend checking that out. I thought it was, I thought it was really good, well produced by Showtime. 
Uh, maybe I'm a little biased. I'm a big My Mood fan ever since, you know, watching the Big Three live, grown to like really love him and just appreciate what he's done for the game of basketball. So, but it, it is really interesting. Like, I, I do think like, you know, back then in the 90s, didn't really have a chance to tell his side of things. Everything was perceived by the news, by by fans, but nothing was, you know, uh, it's not like my mood is a guy that, I mean, he did obviously speak up and, uh, you know, stand on his, on his ground, 10 toes, you know, 10 toes down kind of mentality. But I think too, it wasn't like social media was a big thing. And he had an opportunity to tell his story on his own platform or a platform that was more supportive of him during that time. So pretty cool. You know, if you love the big three, if you love to support these players, good way to support them. Amru is obviously going on a huge podcasting tour right now. So you can obviously hear his perspective on a bunch of different podcasts, including all the smoke, which is, you know, another big three guy and Steven Jackson, but check out the documentary. I think it's a good one. Um, I got it for free. Just doing the little free subscription. So if you're into the, if you're into documentaries and into supporting the players, you should check it out for sure. That's pretty much all the news. That I had to cover on this episode. I did want to again start kind of reviewing and previewing what's to come for some of these these big three teams. We're in February. We're kind of in that in that time where offseason is going to start ramping up here soon. We've already gotten you know I feel like every big three year we get a little bit of like like decently sized uh. I don't know, like decently sized news about like what's going to be changing within the big three, not necessarily from like a personnel standpoint, but more so from like a league standpoint uh, or not, not necessarily change, but, you know, in addition to or or be different from the, the season prior. You guys know what I mean? Obviously, you've got that news with the big three going back on tour. And so offseason now you can kind of think of it as ramping up. Obviously, on our end, we're looking into a lot of players that could potentially be a fit. I got to think that the big three has probably been scouting for a while, different guys that they're going into. But I think it's a good opportunity to kind of reflect on what happened this past season and what could happen moving forward. Uh, you know, we're coming off a year where Trilogy just won their second straight title. Three out of the last five years, uh, three of the first five years have been won by Trilogy. And I think they entered the year maybe with a bigger target on their back as they run back with that same team. Um, let's start with Trilogy, actually. We're going we're gonna to cover the four playoff teams today, and then over the course of the next two shows, we'll cover the other remaining eight teams. But let's start with the playoff teams. Let's start with Trilogy, the you know defending champions, two-time champions now. You know, the, this is a team that's been together. For, at least most of these guys have been together now for two years and just only seen success, especially if you're Johnson, Isaiah Briscoe, two years in the league, two championships. James White just got his third championship. Steven Jackson, who one of the OGs of the league, now really seeing kind of the, you know, some of those dividends pay off being in this league for a long, long time and understanding how to win. But you got to think that they enter season six with a huge target on their back at this point. I mean, three out of the five years, you're you're well on your way to a being being a dynasty, the first dynasty in the big three, if you're not already a dynasty at this point. You're probably running it back with the same team. You've had Jared Jack have a one-and-done season and win it all. And then you replace him with Earl Clark, who was a number two pick the year that Trilogy won it all in 2021. You bring over the number two pick, and he pretty much has just as good of a season as Jared Jack, an MVP-type season. Uh, maybe a little bit of a different way because Earl Clark obviously was a top rebounder, defensive player of the year, um, as well as a, a go-to scorer. But nonetheless, you bring in another weapon, 
and essentially repeat what you did you, pretty much with like, you know, kind of in, in similar style. So I got to think there's a huge target on their back again with the teams that make it all the way to the championship. The winner can obviously run it back with their entire team without making any kind of changes. Um, Three-headed monsters can also do the same. Both teams have the option to drop any players back into the draft pool in order to have that draft pick back. But I got to, and I guess that with Trilogy, it's a possibility that that does happen. You know, I, we saw the, in 2021, they dropped Devin Sweetney and brought in David Hawkins. I think a lot had to do with the fact that James White was promoted to captain and Hawk and Flight are, are good friends. Plus Hawkins, you know, one of the OGs of the league to been a baller in this league. His opportunities kind of dwindled because some things happened off the court in terms of like injury with his, with his arm. So, you know, maybe some of that played into it, but nonetheless, like, I don't see why they wouldn't run it back. I'd be surprised if they didn't, unless for some reason, one of these guys didn't play, but this is still going to be a scary team. You know, you got, uh, even as James White and, and, David Hawkins get older. Even you could even include Amir Johnson into this thing. You still have two of the most lethal players in the league, and Isaiah Briscoe and Earl Clark, who have proven time and time again their impact on the game is is unfathomable. Uh, and they and they've done it with two straight titles. At least Briscoe has done it with two straight titles. And I really like Amir Johnson as well, despite him getting older. He plays his role really well. So I'd be interested to see if they brought anybody back. I think it's going to be about the other teams, you know, and, and what they do in terms of reinforcements to be able to take down this team. I think for them, it's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. I mean, they really just, like, if you think about the season they went through, they, what, they started the year, like, with a tough loss, a triplet, because there were some, like, refereeing issues within that. But then after that, win a couple of games. I mean, it actually started the season two and two. It didn't look like this team was well on their way to repeating necessarily. But, you know, they really picked things up. Got it going. Earl Clark, I felt like he was kind of coming off the bench to start the first couple of weeks, but like once you really got him going, you saw kind of his presence being felt a little bit more. And I would say it was him and Briscoe that really carried this team all the way to the the first playoff game and obviously to a chance to win it all. So trilogy, I, I don't think anything changes in terms of like how scary they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be a competitor and another contender. I think Steven Jackson's you know, despite being the young coach, one of the better coaches in this league, because he played in this league, right? So, I don't know. I, I don't know if they'll make any changes. They could. I just don't see it. Like, they're, like, a very loyal team, as long as everybody that wants to continuously play on that team. Like, I think they're just going to bring everybody back and see what they can do. And in terms of the team they played and power, power has the opportunity to also kind of do the same thing. Like, they could put guys back into the draft pool. I don't, I don't know really what they're doing. Let's talk about power season reviews. It's, it was very interesting because it didn't feel like out the gate. Like it felt like out the gate's power was going to be a really good team. And they kind of went to a little bit of a lull in the middle of the season, knocked off aliens a couple of times, and ultimately made their way into the playoff. They obviously had the number one pick who ended up being the rookie of the year and Glenn Rice Jr. But I got to think from that, like when I first looked at this power team to start the 2022 year, I wasn't like overly loud. You know, uh, that's no disrespect to anybody, but Katino's gotten a little bit older. This is a power team that has been through tons and tons of injuries over the past few years, including Katino, who seems to, you know, play about four games or so throughout the year, but is constantly hobbling. 
with with injuries just because he's kind of getting a little bit older despite taking you know very good care of himself but it was him and then Royce Blythe was obviously your co-captain which Royce had a really good season but um and Royce is obviously a great distributor can rebound the ball well he can score inside but is a little bit limited in terms of outside shooting sometimes yeah Glenn Rice Jr. I didn't really know what the uh, I, I mean I knew this he was a hooper obviously but I just didn't know what kind of impact he was going to have he obviously had a huge impact like he's just like a big tough guard He's going to get buckets for you, even when it doesn't necessarily seem like he has like the most space. He just powers through with his strength. And then TJ Klein, who is kind of like a, a little bit of a do-it-all guy. And then, but in terms of that, like you had your two captains, you added Nicholas Skittish Feely pretty much as a draft pick. You make him a co-captain. He had, you know, minimal playing time this year, but, you know, made his impact at, and from time here and there. Uh, so all that to be said, like going into the year with this group, I, I didn't really know what to expect. They got off to the hot start against Tri-State. TJ Klein and Glenn Rice Jr. really felt like, wow, like really major additions to this team. Like this team could really do something. Went into a little bit of that lull, like I said, losing to Bivlack, which was, you know, Bivlack was a good team, but lost to Bivlack. Now sitting kind of at that three and two mark, or maybe it was a three and three mark, and ultimately get through and beat Tri-State and aliens a couple of times to make it through. But you know, and so it was cool to see, you know, they obviously knocked off a very, very good three-headed Monsters team. I think where my questions lie are, I just don't know who's necessarily going to come back. Like, I, I, I'm a little unsure of what this team's going to look like next year. You know, they obviously have the opportunity to run it back with their whole team. But, you know, does Katino give it another go? Royce White is running for mayor or governor in the city of Wisconsin. I, I'm sorry, maybe those aren't even right, but he's running for, uh, um, and he was last year too, so I'm not saying they can't do both as one, but as, you know, kind of the, the election gets closer and things, the race starts to heat up a little bit more. Like, do we see, like, maybe Royce take a step back and have a little bit more focus um, on his life as a politician? Uh, we don't know. Like, Skittish Feely, like, is that, he's a co-captain now, but he was a co-captain because, I'm trying to think, actually. Who was it? Catino? And who am I missing? This team changed so dramatically after a year because, remember, they had Joe Alexander the year prior, and and then he ended up playing, like, four games and didn't play again this year. So, changed. I didn't want to say it changes so dramatically. That's, you know, they didn't have T.J. Klein. They didn't have Glenridge. I mean, it kind of did. Like, this is a completely new team if we're kind of thinking about it now. I feel like the skittish Philly was a late ad again. It was a draft pick. Like, do they bring them back? I'm all over the place in power, and I feel like it's really just because power's kind of been all over the place. Like, 2019 was a very injury marked season, but they were still able to make the playoffs. You get into 2021, no longer have Corey Maggette anymore. Katina Mobley is promoted to your uh, promoted to your captain. I mean, it was a pretty big dramatic change. You had you still have Big Baby Davis there as your co-captain, but he didn't play for the first few weeks. And then, you know, Deuce on Bullet ended up being the captain. Joe Alexander didn't come back. So a big change. And then, again, like 2022, you know, you add Skittish Philly as your co-captain. And then you add Glenn Rice Jr. and TJ Klein in the draft because Alexander had moved on and Bullet had played – or Bullet's not a captain. Now you got into 2022, I just, again, like I, I just don't know what to expect. Like, does Coutinho come back? What what version of Coutinho are we going to get? You know, are we going to get Coutinho for all eight games? 
is it is it going to be you know do you get Glenn Rice back? Glenn Rice is going to be a, uh, probably the the biggest offseason like I don't want to say what if, but like he's probably your priority. And like, can you get him back? PJ Klein just signed to play in Israel. Like, how long is that season going to last? Is he going to want to suit up for another summer? He told us on the show that you know he pretty much didn't get a break because he had he, not because he had because he wanted to play in the big three this year. Like, does he? Does he kind of go back to that, or does he play again? I could see TJ coming back, honestly. Um, again, I mentioned uh, Royce Wyatt, and then Skittish Feely is also playing overseas. But Skittish Feely, again, like not to say that he didn't have a good season, not to say that he couldn't fit the team and, and do more if he had more minutes, but it really felt like one of those things where he did really well at the combine. They kind of utilized the, the position they were in, that they didn't have a co-captain to, to get who they wanted without having to sacrifice like the number one pick and then their second-round pick. To obviously get TJ. So, like, do they add someone new? Does Katina bring someone in as reinforcements to, you know, win another chip before going out? Those are some of the things I think about as I head into the season season six. You know, a, a lot of it does come down to, like, who do these captains, like, bring in? And what are these some of these other guys thinking that already have a, a you know, a guaranteed roster spot? So, I'm, I'm interested. Nonetheless, I never... You can never doubt power at this point, as long as Nancy Lieberman is at the helm. We've we've heard time and time again her preparation, her her attention to detail, and since her since her first season in the Big Three when she won it all in her first year in season two was the coach of the year, she's found a way to make it happen and be a contender. Right, season three ton of injuries. I mean, she had like 10 players at one point, I think, played for power because of the amount of injuries they had. And they still made it to the playoffs and still made it uh, you know, a decently competitive game against Killer Threes. Season four last year. Didn't uh, didn't make the playoffs for the first time. Uh, and, you know, for the first time in their big three history. But again, like, I through some kinks, had some injuries that they had suffered. They were missing players to start the year. Still found a way to be competitive. Throughout the year, and now 2022, make it back to the championship game. So, with Nancy, I think you feel comfortable if you're a power fan, regardless of who they bring in. But I, I am just interested to see what this team looks like next year. Mostly, you know, I think they can make it happen. It's just like, what does this team look like, and, and do we see the departure of Howard's longest tenure player in Katina Mobley? Some, some offseason news to maybe just like think about and reflect on. So. The two championship teams, or two teams that made it to the championship, Trilogy and Power, you know, those guys, those teams get to bring back whoever they want. They don't necessarily have to drop anybody to anybody into the draft pool. But as they move on to the rest of the league, including the other two playoff teams, three-headed monsters and aliens, technically by the rules, those teams have to drop anybody that's not a captain back into the back into the draft pool. Three-headed monsters is an interesting situation. First off, let's take, like, what an incredible regular season they had. Reggie Theus was their first-time coach. You know, to start the year, they were missing Reggie Evans. They had to bring in Jonathan Simmons. Jonathan Simmons got hurt. They still added a couple. You know, they added Jamario Moon. They had Sammy Monroe at one time. Some different guys they were bringing. Quincy Miller is someone they obviously brought in and was the staple of this team. But ultimately, they lost the last game of the year, which dropped them to the number two seed. And they ended up having to play power, and power ended up knocking them off. And I kind of think, maybe a hot take, kind of think that three-headed monsters didn't win it all 
I don't know if it's a hot take, but the Vienna Monsters did win it all because they lost that game in week eight that ultimately made them a two seed to face Tyler. Like, I really think if Vienna Monsters kept the one seed, didn't blow that game against Tri State, a game that really didn't matter for them, but in terms of seeding, it only mattered because of you. But I really think if Vienna Monsters beat Tri State that game, going to the number one seed, they get a chance to play Aliens at that point, who they hadn't played, but I think they were a much more well equipped team. And Honestly, I don't know if that game would have been close. I think three of the monsters would have beat Aliens, and then there's potential that, yeah, they might have maybe had to play Trilogy, um, or they would have had to play Power, but I think at that point, I don't know. I just feel like it's weird how the tables turn. Like, I feel like they would have been, I feel like they had the tougher matchup in the first, in the first game of the playoffs, the semis, and I think they were just going to be well more equipped, well more prepared, uh, kind of like, I don't want to have to say necessarily like in game shape because they've been playing all year. But I just think that if three-headed monsters would have gotten to the championship game, this would have been their year to finally win it all. I really do. And I think because they dropped the last game of the season, that dropped into the two seed, didn't get to play, uh, you know, didn't get to play Aliens. I think they had the tougher matchup right off the gates. Like, obviously... They're going to give it their all, but I do think that three-headed monsters and aliens. I think three-headed monsters has a better advantage there, and it gives them a shot at the tight, like a shot to play in the championship game. And I kind of think it's that like anything, go, anything can happen kind of mentality at that point playing in the championship game, whether you're playing trilogy or power. Because trilogy and power, we obviously saw was a hard-fought, chippy contest. Not to say that three-headed monsters and power wasn't, but trilogy and power felt like one of those that they would have to gut it out. And by the time they got to the championship game and had a week, you know, to be ready, I think three-headed monsters just would have had, I don't know, I just think easier path to the playoff, easier path to the championship, and then who knows what could have happened from there. But nonetheless, three-headed monsters lost on a, a tough game winner by Glenn, Glenn Rice Jr. They lost in a tough game despite an incredible season by Kevin Murphy, an incredible game by Kevin Murphy, by the way, 28 points in that game. Only did end up falling and losing by three points. But you have the MVP of the league. You know, he, three headed monsters pretty much, they lost the first game of the season and the last game of the season, but everything in between, it was, it was the Kevin Murphy show. They, they got it done. They won, they won big games from, with big performances from Kevin Murphy. Quincy Miller was a really nice addition. Richard Lewis still showing what he can do. He was missing some games this year. But still, um, you know, had some really big games for when he did play. So, you know, they were, they had an incredible regular season. But um, for the fifth straight year, they've made it to the playoffs and they have not been able to win a championship. They've been to two championships and haven't been able to win it yet. I don't know what to expect this this, this offseason either. I'm, I'm probably, this is going to be, uh, you know, probably going to be beating a dead horse by saying this time and time again. But, Three-headed monsters has a tricky offseason because they have to drop technically their two guys that aren't co-captains into the player pool. But what does that mean? So they enter the year in 2022 with Richard Lewis, Mahmoud, and then Reggie Evans as their captains, right? As it's been for the past few years. Reggie Evans gets hurt, you open up a co-captain spot, and the they give Jonathan Simmons the co-captain spot there. They also um, you know, they were a team that was coming off playing the championship, so they didn't have to drop all their players into the draft pool. So they kept Kevin Murphy, obviously, but they dropped 
Mamadou Injai back in the draft pool and picked up uh, another player to to start the year. Blanking on who they picked up to start the year. Who did they pick up to start the year? But because they had they had a pick, and I can't think of who they had. So I'm going to quickly look that up because I can't think of who's on their team. But it was a later pick, and I felt like it was after Trilogy. Oh, it was uh, Ab Indo Indoy. But I forgot they got like the last pick of the uh, last pick of the draft. They needed a big because they were losing Reggie Evans, and he played the first couple of games before they ended up making a making a switch there. So three headed monsters. They entered the season with those five guys. But you know now you look at this off season. It was this Mahmoud's last season? Does he come back and continue to try to play, try to win that chip? He's fifty three now, about to be fifty four for this upcoming season. So an older guy, your co-captain slot, that would fill one of them. You got Reggie Evans coming back. He's got to be a co-captain. But you obviously don't want to lose Kevin Murphy. So does Kevin Murphy become a co-captain? But then who would he, whose spot would, spot would he fill? Does Richard Lewis come back? I'm not saying Richard's like 42. Richard still looks like he's in great shape. He's always training. But, you know, it seems like he's been more involved with his like children's hoop career as a, or, you know, sports career as a go, going forward. And like, does he put more focus to that in the summer? I know his daughter's a, a softball player. I feel like the softball uh, circuit is a little bit bigger during the summer. Like I know he took some time off this year to, to handle some personal things. Not sure what it was. Maybe it was some, some of the things to do with his kids. So uh, maybe it was some of the things to do with coaching. Cause he's also a coach for the Pistons. So three of the monsters, I think, the first thing to look at is like, what are their captains going to look like? Is this going to, was this kind of the end of an era with the three guys that they had, or do they, do they continue to try to pursue that championship and try to go out um, on a bang before they do any of that? So it'll be interesting. It's really interesting to see. It's just like, I think the one thing they have to prioritize is like, we cannot lose Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy's their, their go-to, their the kind of the, the engine that, Keeps them moving and that they drive that drives them. And I think they really need Kevin Murphy. I think they're really gonna, you know, benefit from Red Shevin's return. He's, you know, I, he's pretty much, in my opinion, been the best big man in this big three in terms of rebounding, defense, being able to put get get easy baskets, like just doing all the little things. And I, I'm excited for Reggie to come back. He's so fun to watch and so crazy on the boards. So Reggie Evans and Kevin Murphy are going to be your priority. It's like how do we make that happen though now? Uh, for the first time in a while, I have to send guys back into the the draft pool. So, you know, you prioritize, Ke- you know, keeping Kevin Murphy, however that may be, and then the rest will have to figure itself out. But it'll just be interesting to see, like, it, and I don't want to say just interesting, maybe a little bit, a little bit sad if, if if this really is the end of an era with those three captains. They've been doing this for a long time. They've been so close, like year in and year out, whether it's Gary Payton or Reggie T is coaching this team. These guys have been so close to winning it all and just always miss out by just just inches away, whether they're in the championship or they're in the semis losing by by three points in a tie game. It's it's just been tough. I really want to see this team make it over the edge. I feel like they're one of the OGs of this league, one of the first eight teams to play in this league. They were the first team to one of the first teams to make it to a championship. I feel like their time is coming. I feel like it's coming. And I feel like if you do run it back with guys like 
Richard Woods, with Mahmoud, whoever the case may be, if you do run it back and you kind of just give it one last go, I think you put anything and everything into your power to make this like the best three-headed monster team that you've ever had, whether it's like bringing players into the, bringing players, you know, into a certain co-captain spot or like recruiting guys or really scouting. I don't know what the case is, but like you do everything and anything in your power to win it all this season. I feel like it's time for three-headed monsters to be on top of this league. They got to make it happen. So that's uh, three-headed monsters probably out of all the teams, I would say has one of the more difficult offseason, one of the most difficult offseasons, I would say. But the other playoff team and Aliens, they, I, I got to imagine that their three captains are coming back. These are guys that are playing three-on-three three all year long. They look like they've been playing together in different tournaments in the FIBA circuit. I think this team is going to come back with something to prove. I'd be interested to see if they brought anybody over, anybody else over from the three-on-three three world, just to like put them in the draft and, and potentially draft them. They have a big, they're going to lose somebody big, and unless they can get them back somehow, it's going to be a really tough loss because Deshaun Stevens is going to fall back into the draft pool, and I think he's going to be a really high pick. And with the big three, you don't just get, you know, the order isn't necessarily determined off how you did last year. It's all like lottery style, just like it is, uh, just like it is in the NBA. So there's potential that the aliens could get a high pick and get him back, but I think Deshaun Stevens is going to be a coveted asset in this draft. He has said that he, I think he has said that he plans to come back. So hopefully, you know, he, he does, but Deshaun Stevens is going to be again, a top two pick. And if aliens don't have a top two pick, that's going to be a huge loss for them. They also have Adam Drexler, who played minimally and at times played pretty well. But I think, you know, th this is no no offense to, to Adam Drexler here, but I do feel like they needed someone who could get a bucket for them a little bit more at any point in time. Obviously, they did a good job with, uh, like, with ball movement and just, like, different cuts and, like, their, their style. Like, they really brought that European style to this league, and I feel like they had a lot of success because of it. But I think, too, they just sometimes need a guy who can go get them a basket, create for themselves, go one-on-one, -on -one and and make a play for them without having to necessarily uh, run a certain system or style of offense. And I feel like that's, if they had that, there's a chance that this team really could have won it all. I feel like there was plenty of guys in the draft that could have gone out and got to do that. We saw a glimpse of Jordan Crocker this year. I think he would have made a great fit on their team as someone who could have gone and done that. And the other big question is like Deshaun Stevens has like, you know, he's a guy that's been playing overseas for a long time. He really fit into what the aliens wanted to do seamlessly. You know, like he made this team go. He was probably the best player on this aliens team. It's going to be interesting, like, if they bring somebody over, if they can get him in the draft. But the other interesting piece is, like, if they don't and they're looking for someone similar to Deshaun, like, can they get someone who's going to be committed to running that style and doing it as well as Deshaun does again? Like, that's going to be something that the aliens had to look out for. But what I'm excited about is that, you know, we saw Dusan get his first chance to play with power in 2021 and then come back last year after training a whole offseason, come back, uh, you know, with even a stronger, better season, I would say. And he had a little bit of a different role, uh, necessarily just like more so being the go-to playmaker than like a go-to scorer in a sense because they were able to run that style of system that power didn't necessarily run when he was there. But I'm interested to see what this team looks like because now they're having a whole year to train together with these three guys. They know what to expect. Like all three of them 
I've experienced this league for eight games or seven games for a couple of them. You know, they've experienced the playoffs. They know what it takes to be able to, to win and get there. So I'm interested to see how this team comes back and, and what they what they do to prepare themselves for another run at the playoffs. I mean, huge milestone to get aliens in that franchise to the playoffs for the first time. Being the what the second expansion team. So the second the second triplets enemies aliens the second expansion team to make the playoffs. But how do you repeat that? And like, who are some of the guys you bring in? Like. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like scouting some guys potentially um, earlier than expected that they could potentially uh, bring onto their team. Like Deshaun Stevens, if they if they can't get him back, I really do feel like this is that's a huge blow to their team. But I think they got to get someone if it's not Deshaun Stevens that's similar to what he can do. Obviously, there's you know bring a lot of energy, great rebounder. Uh, can finish around the rim, has a little bit of touch on the outside, and can shoot the three ball. Like, I think that those are going to be important things. Uh, maybe like a, a little bit of a high flyer, someone like that. But I think they really have to get someone that at any point in time you can say, hey, we just need you. The shot clock's running down, or they're, they're pretty much locking up everything we're doing. We need you just to go win your one-on-one matchup. If they can do that, I think this is going to be a scary Aliens team. But we'll see. I feel like the other, I feel like it's almost a must that they do that because I feel like this league is starting to figure them out at the end, at the end of the year. They had a tough last two games against Power. They kind of really tough ending. They lost their last two games against Power uh, at the re- end of the regular season. They ended up losing to Trilogy in the playoffs by by five or six points, which was a tough blow scene as they won the first time around. So I, I think it's almost a must. Obviously, you can implement new game plans and have different plays next season that maybe this league hasn't seen, but I feel like for the most part, the league was starting to figure them out. And I'm, I'm concerned that if they run back the kind of the same team or similar style team and do the same things that it's not going to have as much success the second time around here. So we'll see a lot of, you know, obviously the playoff teams are probably in the best position because they, they know what it takes to get there. They just came off. You know, a great regular season in order to get to the playoffs. So they're probably in, you know, some of the be- better situations. But there's a, there's a ton of contenders this year. I mean, we think about Tri-State. We think about Killer Threes. We think about what Ballhawks could have been if, if Barbosa stayed healthy. We think about Bivouac and, and what what they did in their first year with a lot of new guys. Like, it's, you know, we think about Threes coming. I mean, there's a ton of contenders. This whole Almost this whole league. Probably this whole league can compete. Ghost Ballers, another team. So, you know, I would say for everybody that's not Trilogy, it's a lot to really, really, like, you know, think about in the sense of, like, you can't just run back the same team necessarily and hope to get the same results. Obviously, no one's, you know, ever does that. And I don't think anyone ever has that mindset. But it's just more like an emphasis in terms of what I'm saying. I feel like the emphasis really has to be like, how do we reinforce ourselves to get better so we can make a run, not only to get back in the playoffs, but to eventually knock off Trilogy. That'll be our wait and see moment. That's pretty much going to wrap up today's show. Obviously, I didn't have a guest today, so I appreciate everyone who tuned in and heard all our updates and heard kind of our, our previews and reflections on this past year with the four playoff teams. In the next episode, we'll go through the the four teams that are kind of in the middle of the pack there. 
Kimber Threes, the Threes companies, the Ghost Ballers, those type of teams. But appreciate everyone who tuned in today. Again, if you're not already, please make sure you're following the show on social media at Fourth Man Pod, 4th Man Pod. You can also watch the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Fourth Man Pod. Got some shorts lined up, long overdue, but promises aren't broken because it's, it's going to happen. Got some shorts lined up. They will be coming soon. Hopefully some different type of content and hopefully able to make it to some more big three games this year and kind of give you an inside look, whether I'm just going as a fan or if I'm going as a media member, kind of give you an inside look as to what that looks like traveling from different city to city. That's ultimately the goal here. Hopefully we can do that. Hopefully I'll have a gift next guests next time on the show as well but thanks to everyone who tuned into this show and we appreciate you guys and we'll see you guys next time thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.